Okay. So who let's introduce this episode and how we're going to be, be doing things. Um, this is part one. We're recording at 9.33 p.m. on Tuesday, March 2nd, and we will record part two of this at a later date. Whose idea was this in the first place? I think it was y'all's too, right? I really think it was Eric's. I think it was like we were on the the, uh, the Zoom meeting just shooting shooting out some ideas, and Mm -hmm. I thought it would be a cool idea to see it, to, to, to have each other watch movies where we would normally watch Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I normally like action, sci-fi movies, and those kinds of things. I do not like biopics, dramas, except so Malcolm so X. Forth. Except Malcolm X. Yes. Um, for the most part. So, and a lot, a whole lot of other kinds of movies. So it would be cool to expand our horizons and mm-hmm. have each other challenge. Um challenge each other and see what movies we should watch and that we normally would not watch that are good movies yes they could be bad movies it's it's based i think yeah and the way the way i kind of think of it when i was thinking about what to pick for you guys so it's one movie so for listeners it's one movie if i'm picking that olivia has to watch and eric has to watch it it's not a Mm -hmm. movie for olivia and then another another different movie for Eric. It's the same movie. Almost positive. Yeah. Almost positive. You guys haven't seen my pick, but nice. I usually only watch. Well, I mean, I've been kind of busy recently, but I definitely trend toward, I went through a phase where I was watching more prestige things, but I've been on like a Nolan. I mean, Eric, you and I revisited a bunch of Nolan movies, so I watched like three in a week or something. But um, mine's kind of all over the place. But yeah, I watched Nomadland recently because I knew that that was in the running for the Oscar. That was good. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Watched Next with Nicolas Cage. I saw that. Last last Thursday. Big Nicolas Cage guy. Yeah. Yeah. Love Nick Nick Cage. Love his energy. You like Kick-Ass? I love him in Kick-Ass. I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but I mean, I, I kind of like it for what it is, but I love... <laughs> that warehouse scene where he's just taking dudes out What's is his name? awesome. Uh, Big Daddy. Big Daddy? <laughs> I forgot that was his name. Yeah. I wanted to be like, is it Big Daddy? It was like, am I thinking of Bioshock? And and then I remembered, no, it's, it's Big Daddy. So, <laughs> yeah. The best thing that I've watched recently, well, two things, Judas and the Black Messiah... Go watch that, that so on good. HBO Max if you haven't seen it. There's a podcast called Juice and Black Messiah and Fred Hampton Jr. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, I bet that's awesome. It is really good. I'll have to go check that out. And the other one was Training Day. Training nice. Day just blew my mind. It's so good. Anton Fuqua, right? Mm-hmm. That is nice. correct. Um, so I will probably, I probably won't go out of my way to watch many foreign films. Ooh. Or dramas or older films. Fifties, forties era. Fifties, forties era. Yeah. Okay. Um. But then, but then, yeah, like also not on the other end of the spectrum. I I try to avoid the I'm Netflix right. movie that releases every Friday. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm making you guys watch Seven Underground. I'm Six kidding. Underground. Six Underground is that what it is? 
See, you don't yeah. even know. Oh, we shouldn't have to watch it if you don't I even know the it. title. I, I was really, I was really high for the movie, and it was terrible. Yeah. I'm a big well, guy. see, my buddy at work said that he he thinks it's amazing, and then he just puts it on as like a comfort movie. Oh man! So I was like, man, you. Really I, like I kind of like this. So. I, I like that guy. Then, yeah, I, I respect sure. that. Yeah. That's what I do with Transformers. Yeah. Olivia, how about you? Um, I. Man, I really like coming of age movies. I really like, um, I don't know. I don't like scary movies. I don't, like actually hate scary movies. So you I don't have, have to worry food. about my pick. I'm oh, just gonna I was put really that worried that yeah, I was going to pick a scary worried. movie. Um, I have sort of gotten into like, like I watched all the alien movies, which were really good. Were those like, too I, scary? Like the no, Especially I, the didn't, first one. I didn't think they were scary at all. I was okay. I was pretty scared during the first one. Oh, I wasn't scared at all. So, well, that's kind of strange. Anyway, uh, I'm always but scared, I was though. terrified during The Witch, and that that was a scary movie to me. That was also terrifying. heard that one's really good. Yeah. Um, but I watch like I've grown up watching a lot of like comedies and um, like teen movies, I guess, growing up. Um, that's a specific slice that it is. It's that I don't. I have like no exposure to just yeah. because of my upbringing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of the movies that I've seen, like especially from like like when we were younger, I know you haven't seen mm-hmm. Isaac. Um. So, yeah. Um, I like action movies. I haven't seen necessarily like a whole lot or like what would be considered some of the classics i mean most of the time i feel like i say this a lot on the podcast i haven't seen that movie even though i feel like i've seen so many movies but then i talk to you guys and i'm like i haven't seen anything well guess what there are so many movies which is kind of the basis for this flyover episode yeah um so i feel like none of that made sense as to what i was saying about makes total sense types okay great also just side note when i was looking at like what movies you guys had seen and what movies I had seen. I was looking at everyone's like individual letterboxed account and like going uh-huh. through like the years and like the decades and stuff. Eric and I have both seen 70 films from the nineties. Really? I don't know. Hey, yeah. Isn't that good. weird? Good for you guys. Great. Eric. Yeah. How many have I seen? What an I era. have to look this up. 90s. I have 1999 had some bangers. It did. High club. I think there's, there's a, a lot more. I think there's 1999 and why the greatest year movies. I have it on my shelf. Okay, I was about to say I really like I've had it on my like my like Amazon list to buy. Wait, how many while. how many from from what year? From what decade? The 90s? 90s. Oh, from the 90s. Okay. I'm a big 90s movie guy. Yeah, we've we have seen 70. Nice. Nice, nice. nice. So I've probably seen zero from the 30s and 40s. I'm not going back that far. I think I've seen one movie from the 30s. I think the only movie from the 30s I've seen is The Wizard of Oz. That is an old movie. I haven't watched any in the 1910s. I think the 30s is my earliest decade. Okay. It was uh, M. I think I talked about it on our top 20. Oh, man. And Jezebel. Jessica picked that. Jezebel's good. That was um, Henry Fonda and Betty Davis. We just rented it, and I was like, oh. "Man, this was really good." Um, but Betty Davis eyes. Nice. She totally rules. Who wants to go first? I, 
I, I, you want to go first, Eric? I'll, I'll get us started. Do the, do us the honor, sir. All right. Yeah. My first pick. This will be for Isaac and Olivia. I don't think you guys have seen this one. It came out last year, actually. Very close to making my top 10 movies of 2020. It is Tiger Tail, directed by Alan Yang. Okay. Yeah. On Netflix, a man, right? Yes, okay. it is on Netflix. The summary okay. is, a man reflects on the lost love of his youth and his long-ago journey from Taiwan to America as he begins to reconnect with his estranged daughter. I picked this one because uh, it is a foreign film. Um, and this is one of those quintessential films for me that tells the like experience of Asian American people in the United States, the uh-huh. immigrant experience. Um, it fits in that same niche as Minari, The Farewell, A Brighter Summer Day, um, those types of movies. And it's directed by Alan Yang, who's has an incredible resume. He was a writer on Parks and Recreation, The Good Place, mm-hmm. co-creator of Master of None with Aziz Ansari, incredible series. And Tiger Tail also is like the story of his parents as well. Um, it's an incredible watch. Um, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, it's, it, it, it was definitely overlooked from last year. Because it came out at the same time as Tiger King, and I think oh, Tiger King. it came yeah. out, yeah, right. Literally at came out like, at the same time as Tiger yeah. King. Yeah. So um, that's why. I wonder I probably... how many people started one thinking it was the other, and <laughs> exactly very confused with yeah. what was going on. Nice, right? But th- that it's it's an easy watch. It's ninety minutes long. Uh, as you guys know, short of the film for me is is better because my attention anything above two and a half hours, even two hours these days. Mm-hmm. it better be good for it to hold my attention but it's it's an easy watch really good acting the music is awesome um yeah i think you guys will enjoy it excellent all right very excited and it's on that eric um yes yes olivia would you like to go okay i don't think mine is streaming anywhere so i apologize for that it, I, I will. I'll get it. I'll get we'll, it. We'll, we'll just write it off as a business expense. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Tax expense, you know. Um, all right. So my movie is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, and it was actually Ooh. the very first thing I ever wrote on for fly for our like our WordPress. Yes. And it is bring it on. All right. Here is okay. Here is the the summary on IMDb. A champion high school cheerleading squad discovers its previous captain stole all of their best routines from an inner city school and must scramble to compete at this year's championships. It has a great cast. Kirsten Dunst, uh, Gabrielle Union, Elijah Dushku. It's, It's so much more than just a cheerleading movie. And I know some people like just think it's that, but it's, it's very like, it came out in 2000 and it's just, it's, it's one of my favorite movies. So that's, that's why I picked it. Neither one of you had, had logged it on your letterbox. So I was like, we're going to, I'm going to make them watch this. And it, it, again, never mind. I'm just, you guys watch it. I want, I really am interested to see like how you guys feel about it. Peyton Reed directed it, who uh, directed the, the Ant-Man movies. So mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny it's um it hits on a lot of things that weren't necessarily talked about in you know the year 2000 so um i I think it's it's just really good so 
Nice. Am I wrong, or is there like a sequel as well? Is this a series? There's a bunch of Bring It On movies. Okay. This is the only one that matters in my Bring opinion. I've never seen yeah. the rest of it's them. The I only refuse... one that is that is like the the quintessential watch. The Bring. Yeah, on. I I refuse to watch any of the other ones. Rihanna. Oh, those aren't canon. One of them. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not canon. Really, I think they're just like rehashing the same story. It's kind of like um, like is it like Rocky of cheerleading? Sort of, I think so. Except like there's no like continuous. like I can get behind that. There's like no continuous storyline. It's just like literally the same storyline with like different characters. I think. Um, Yeah, but Rihanna is in one of the sequels. Hayden Panettiere is in another one. I don't think they're in the same. Big Disney star, didn't she? Yeah, she was also in um, Heroes. Yeah, right. she was the cheerleader. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Remember that? Yeah. That was her. Okay. So, she was in another show, Nashville. She was in that that was about like country musicians or something like that. Anyway, okay. but yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So my pick is Bring It On. Nice. Excellent. Very excited. Very nice excited. Pick. Nice pick. How hard did you guys think about your picks? How much research did you do? So hard. Really? Yeah. I Excellent. Did a lot of research. Eric. I was I was like I wanted to pick something like not too far out there because I could have just went totally insane if I wanted to. I was but, fully expecting you to pick some like anime or something, which would have yeah. been great. I was like, uh, I think Isaac had already seen Akira. That's mm-hmm. a great watch, though. Um, yeah, that's kind of a classic. Oh, you've seen Olivia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Oh, okay, good. I didn't pick that because I was really leaning towards that one. I was yeah. seeing another one called A Silent Voice anime movie on Netflix as well. Uh-huh. Um, uh, a lot of people now, thought should have won best animated f- movie Oscar instead of Boss Baby, like three or four years ago. Oh I shoot! Heard, oh, I remember. My gosh, yeah, I yeah. So that yeah. one. That that was the one. That's why you don't take the Oscar seriously, and I do not blame yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't either, really. <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, I, unless they, it comes to Parasite they got some, or anything. Yes, they got some cred last year. Yeah, but, right, right. They and did, like they some did. of the more like they're they're starting to like make themselves respectable some of the smaller um categories that no one cares about like edit best editing um like best editing i i wanted ford v ferrari to win it and i was like it's probably going to go to 1917 but ford v ferrari won it and i really think that 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 movie is so good it's so entertaining Ray mckinnon is in it too he is, yeah. Yeah, I love, love Ray. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was like, I could go completely insane, but this, I think, Tiger Tail, especially with all the, all that's going on in the world, and all with Minari coming out, this is yes, a really good combo viewing. Um, yes, and it's, yeah, I think, I think it is a good movie. Sorry, I know I just said yes three times, and y'all hate me, <laughs> but um, I would love to do. I thought of Minari whenever you were talking about Tiger Tail, and yeah. I really want to rent it. Yeah, I think like with some the people. Farewell, Minari, Tiger Tail. Mm-hmm. It's like the trilogy of the Asian American immigrant experience. Excellent. Nice. And got to shout out Lee Isaac Chung for winning that Best Director Oscar. Or sorry, not I, uh, Golden Globe. I saw that. Even yeah. though the Golden Globes was, are truly a they joke. They truly <laughs> are. And also, I love that because I, I actually watch the Golden Globes. Um, and everyone... Like all the presenters, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted it, and they were just oh, like love them, 
bashing it. Yeah, they were incredible as always. They were just bashing it the entire time, and I that thought is it was awesome. And they had free justice. reign to do it. Um, yeah. And the and go please for those of you who are not familiar and somewhat in, as interested in this as we are, please go read the LA LA Times um, article about the Golden Globes and the HFPA, which mm-hmm. is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which puts on the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of corruption and like unfair and somewhat biased and racist uh, practices that go on in there. Right. Like and the so, and everyone have... knows, everyone knows that now. Yeah. And uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did a great job of like, just calling them out on their crap. Yeah. So nice. They have, they have zero black, right. like representatives. Yep. And it's like, how, how yeah. you have like yeah. almost, I think it's like 87. Anyway, I'm, this is not, we could go on place. a tangent. Yeah. Can, this big and tangent. I'm not going to. Okay. Big goof, big goof big battles. I like it. Isaac. Okay, so my pick for you guys, and and I I ask not to, not to brag or anything, but and and whenever you say it like that, y'all <laughs> okay. are gonna elicit a laugh. <laughs> yeah. But I truly mean this sincerely. I did not think very hard about my pick because I know for I know almost certainly that you guys haven't watched it. Um, my pick is Stop Making Sense, the Jonathan Demi Talking Heads concert documentary. Um, okay yes okay. you have talked about this and i i don't know documentary I it's a documentary well it's a it's a concert film and i call okay. it documentary okay. it's i know that's the wrong term i'm a bad cinephile um i know that's the wrong term but it's a concert it's a concert film and this movie is directed by jonathan demi this came out in 84 which was a really interesting time in america um the Talking Heads, or specifically, I guess, David Byrne, who did a lot of the writing, has this very kinetic, strange energy that translates in a really just... And I it, I can't even explain how, how I felt during this movie, especially because this I started latching onto this right when quarantine happened, and I really owe a lot of my personal joy and um you know you know getting out a lot of anger and frustration in because of 2020 and quarantine and stress to this movie i've watched this movie probably four times in the last year i listened to this soundtrack um i've been watched it four times I think I've watched it four times. In wow, the last that year. really I you don't you don't love and I do not watch stuff. Yes. So that's that says something. I also think I just worked on on yes. Mike, so I'm so sorry for that. No, that's okay. Yikes. No, no worries. But yes, this right. movie, uh both of y'all both of you guys can appreciate it, even if you don't like the music of the talking heads. Um there's uh, i'll read a, a a review a letterboxd review from demi uh adeju yugube i think that's how you say his last name but i follow him he said the most this is the most joyous film ever made the little moments where david byrne is trying to perform stone-faced but can't help but smile could power me for weeks nothing makes me feel so exuberant happy nostalgic and full of love as this must be the place they're the live version it breaks my heart that talking heads aren't friends anymore because more than anything, this movie feels like it works as an ode to slash view on their friendship and how they work so perfectly together as performers. And this movie is perfection in so many ways. And I 
can't, again, I can't really explain why or how, unless you watch it. And it is an experience, even if it's on just a 60 or smaller television, I watched it on our television. It's like 50 inches and it just absolutely floored me. And Drag. I cannot wait to nerd out about it because it's so great. And it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Definitely top 10, maybe top five. Wow. Okay. All right. Yep. Nice. I, I like how you guys picked uh, two of your favorite movies. Uh, I'm glad no one picked something like absolutely terrible to make me watch. So uh, I can get behind that. I, We're I'm gonna really... make you. Well, th- this is bad news, Eric. We we have to watch New Mutants when it comes out on HBO <laughs> Max next month. I, I do remember. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer in movie theaters, and I was like, "This could be like so bad that it might be somewhat enjoyable." And the fact that like I like look at it as like a comedy while I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. It's it uh, seems it seems just like a steaming pile of yeah not do we know yeah, anything about the movie like who directed it uh, Josh I, Boone I, I, who directed the Fault in Our Stars oh, directed okay. it but apparently it wasn't movie? all his fault yeah it's a cancer movie okay there there were so many this is not the really oh, the time to talk about the New Mutants but there were a lot of like studio issues going on like. Cause it was supposed to come out, I think our senior year of college. And then it got pushed back mm-hmm. to like 18 and then they pushed it back again. Cause they didn't want competing with Deadpool two. And then it got pushed back again. Um, because they didn't want competing it with dark Phoenix, but also around the same time, it was when Fox was being acquired by, um, Disney. by Disney. It just got put on the shelf over. And, and over so, and over. yeah, it just, it, there was okay. a lot of like stuff going, which is, like disappointing because it has a lot of good actors in it that I'm like yeah I I like okay so. yeah I, I mean I'll give it I'll give it you a don't have a choice Eric my favorite superhero characters so okay uh, well anyway yeah so we this, have our, our movies and this is part one so stay stay tuned for part two which will take place on an undisclosed date in the future. We don't know what date. Anyway. Tiger Tail, bring it on. And, and stop, stop making, making sense. sense. What okay. a trio. Uh, yeah, a these trio. are some very diverse movies. And genres. So, And but here's... Also, what are you going to say? I was going to say, but also I feel like it kind of like really speaks to all of us as individuals. Yes, which I'm really excited to talk yeah, about. It kind of really does. Wow. And after now that uh, so for for our listeners, after this short break, as the music starts right now, you guys will get to hear about our reactions to these different movies. So stay tuned. So we are back on May 29th, more almost three months after we recorded part one of this episode where we recommended each other uh, an essential personal movie. So, and we watched, did everyone watch them this past, in the past week? Yes. Yeah, yep. indeed. Cause we had to, we had to, I didn't watch my pick for y'all. Going. I didn't I watch my pick. Okay. I didn't either. Okay. I have watched it so many times that it's just kind of ingrained in my memory. Right. Yeah. That's cool. how I feel about bring it on. May 29th. 
that just reminded me we never picked out the winner for the minari digital code oh we should probably do that need to do that yeah maybe at the end of this episode i'll i'll check to see who uh entered into that maybe okay. we can announce yeah. it in the episode great yeah, i've not i've not checked the account so that would be that'd be a good thing to do we're really All good right. about social media we're so good about it we need to hire someone it. we really do <laughs> jessica did i tell y'all jessica said she would want to do some this summer oh my gosh she, she yeah. actually she said that she's wanted to get into it and uh i'm like it's totally fine. great she I... uh, finished school yesterday her classes Aww. are done so congrats um she finished teaching yes year yesterday so nice that's awesome just wanted to be what a year what a year they had a bunch of students get covid but um like only one or two teachers did which was really good right that's incredible yeah yeah so we're not here to talk about education we're here to talk about the movies um what is something that all three of our picks had in common Something that I greatly enjoyed was the sub two par hour run times. Ah, yes. Not that something I, I had in was, mind, but so that true. was something I picked up instantly when I looked at him on Letterbox. Um, I saw one was ninety minutes and the other was ninety three minutes, and I was like, "Nice, yep. I can do nice. that." <laughs> yep. Um, we we here at Flyover Film Country love 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 short run times and really efficient storytelling. Because I watched two movies recently. One was Rubber, which I told Olivia about before we started recording. <laughs> the tire rolling the down tire the tire that psionic okay. uh, powers and kills people. Yeah. Um, and then the other was Saint Maud. And both of those, well, Rubber's Rubber's like intentionally not good, but Saint Maud is a slow burn. But it it's only like an hour and twenty five minutes or something. It's like very short, really? and it feels long. Like it's 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 just like one of the one of the gripes that I had with that movie. Um, but yes, our our all our picks were fun, fast. Um, when you can tell a good story in around the ninety minute runtime, that's always going to win some bonus points with me. Yep. Because they're two, these days movies are just way too long. They drag on. I watched Army of Darkness. That thing was like two and a half hours, and Is I thought it was really? going to end like four different times. Army of the Dead. Ended. I mean, I, I said army. You said that last time. We I recorded. said that last time, too, but uh, yeah, it was two and it was damn near two and a half an hours, and I could not do it, That's and I probably won't watch it again. And I had high expectations for the movie, but yeah. The, go ahead, I was gonna Luke. say what's funny is that both times you have said the title incorrectly, but I knew exactly what movie you were talking about both times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyway, uh, have y'all have y'all seen the uh, the arm or uh, Sam Raimi movies? Yeah, the Sam Raimi movie, Army of Darkness. I have not seen. I heard Army of Darkness is like the, like the Zuni one, right? I don't think I like go back in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it, so, at the end of Evil Dead Two, Ash gets take. He falls into a portal that's opened by the Book of the Dead, and he wakes mm-hmm. up like in medieval. No, or is it medieval or? Um, I don't. I, for some reason, I thought they were knights, but I Evil Dead Two is one of my favorite movies. It's so it's so have, weird and hilarious and. Like, Does, uh, like I have Evil Dead on my watch list. Um, I might actually catch that this weekend. Yeah. Is does Bruce Campbell play Ash? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. love Bruce Campbell. He He's is so best. awesome. He's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So sub two hour runtime. And Tiger Tail was also clocked in around the ninety minute runtime, I yep. believe. Yeah, it's an hour and thirty one minutes. Yeah, I only nice. know that because I have it 
up on IMDb right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that another thing that all three of our movies had in common or all, all three of our picks had in common was they all make you kind of feel something in terms of, I don't know, evoke a, a pretty specific emotion. Um, I don't know. What do yeah. you think? Would, would I you totally agree with say that. that's true? Dude, bring Tiger Tail. Yeah, sorry. No, you're, I was about uh, to go Tiger Tail. You were about to go bring it on. I was going to say first. bring it on was, was kind of, I did not, I don't know what I was expecting, honestly. But it was an enjoyable movie. Um, I really liked uh, the little brother. Uh, yeah, little he was hilarious. Wait, no, I, I, I need to tell you something. This is really important. <laughs> I liked him, and I liked football jocks who were just idiots. The um, worst. Yeah. yeah, you guys just lost. That was like one <laughs> yeah. of my favorite parts. <laughs> but Jan's the movie, yeah, it was. It. it was a joy. It was like a. It was a fun movie. Like yeah, like ca- all capital fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I. I man, like I said, I've watched Bring It On for years. I think it was probably six or seven the first time I watched it, and I've been watching it since. Wow, 20 years. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's super fun. But also I think it has a like it it probably is one of the first movies I remember watching that talks about like uh racial issues yeah, and yeah. disparities. And so on top of it just being a capital fun movie with amazing one-liners it also talks about racial issues and stuff like that uh and isaac to to your point about all these movies just bringing out some sort of emotion i think that also what they all have in common even though they don't necessarily have anything in it like this isn't gonna me this isn't me saying this is what they have in common i think that for each of us they they highlight our own interests but yeah. are very, very true yes. to who we are, mm-hmm. I think, as individuals. Does that make sense? Is yes. that fair? Which is, which is like, I was reflecting on, you know, the, the, each selection mm-hmm. and how strange they all look next to each other. Oh, yeah. And that's 100%. a good thing. And that's like one of the, you know, that's, that's one of the fun, the fun aspects of, of recording an episode like this. It's like, just pick something like one of the first things, like from the gut, if you could watch sit down and watch right now what it would be and yeah no it's 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 extremely reflective of us so yeah yeah stop making sense was a fun experience too Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun i uh i first of all forgot how many talking head songs i actually knew same and two did not know they had a female uh basis yep which was super cool yep tina weymouth yeah man man and she just kills it like oh yeah it's it's crazy because so i i was turned on to that movie whenever i listened to um blank check with griffin and david and they were doing their series on jonathan demi and they got to stop making sense and jonathan demi all of his movies He's one of those directors where I've, I've, because of that podcast miniseries, I went and watched a bunch of his movies because mm-hmm. they just happened to align with a bunch of things I found interesting, like his sentiments and that kind of that kind of thing. And so they got to stop making sense, and I was like, they they talk about burning down the house and all that, and I was like, I forgot that Talking Heads wrote that, and I just I was like, it's on Prime, so I just turned it on, and it was one of those like, just. 
I was kind of shocked by how many emotions it evoked in me, par- partially because of what I was going through in my life at that time. And partially because it it is like, stop making sense really is this intersection of incredible music and incredible filmmaking. Cause mm-hmm. you have, you have all those perfect moments where you get to see the whole band at certain points in the song, whether it's like pre-chorus or it zoomed all the way in on David Byrne's face on burning down the house. And you see the sweat just like dripping off his, from his hair. It like, I don't, it's just like perfectly directed and, and then also how they set up the stage and stuff. I don't know. I'm just kind of describing it, but really the only way to, to, to understand it is to watch it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you liked it. I was like Olivia. I had, I had no idea. Like when you recommended that, I was like talking as I don't know any of their songs. And mm-hmm. as I was watching, I was like, Oh, I know that song. And that song was in Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. Um, <laughs> which one, which one? Uh, Burning Down the House. They played oh, nice. like some ridiculous remix during one of the house parties. Yep. In the- I think that's and- probably their most popular one of their most popular songs because it was in in 16 candles as well Mm -hmm. well and and that's the other thing like by itself the soundtrack it it is it is the greatest hits it's like they were at their peak whenever they were on that tour um and so you get once in a lifetime and burning down the house and um this must be the place i mean this Mm -hmm. must be the place i think was the first talking head song i ever heard because Iron and Wine did a really great cover of it years ago. And I was like, oh, this is a great Iron and Wine song. They so. did. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. It, Eric, are you a concert person? Do you like going to concerts? You, I, Eric, I you, yeah, Eric, concerts. you like, um, you I like, like all the, the Fleetwood Mac. I love Fleetwood Mac. I've been concerts, to Fleetwood so. Mac and I've been to Stevie Nicks concert. Okay. And I have their DVDs. Nice. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I thought you were, and I, I wanted to, to ask you guys this uh i because i haven't been to a concert i think since yeah same summer of 19 i think the last concert i was at was the killers and it just made me want to go to a concert so badly and i don't know if you guys felt that way or i guess isaac you didn't watch it this week but i figure you probably also have the same sentiment we've talked about going i've I've literally watched and i I think i've told y'all I don't rewatch movies unless it's extremely meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. I have rewatched Stop Making Sense probably four times in the last. I, uh, I saw that on your letterbox. Not, I, yeah, like not kidding. It's one of those like, and like I don't even have comfort movies. So if I if I sit down, I'm like, yeah, Stop Making Sense is the one comfort movie because I'll turn it on, it's like gone. I'll watch the whole thing. <laughs> one one other thing that we all our movies had in common, they're all streaming. Yeah nice didn't have Uh, to didn't have to buy a dvd and ship it around yeah Yeah, ship uh, it around (laughs) but uh yeah i had the same exact feeling for sure i was like wow i really missed hanging out in crowds of people listening to Mm -hmm. bands put on show um what i really liked about uh stop making sense was the wardrobe um oh oh yeah yeah (laughs) pants going up to his chest that was incredible and and (laughs) just incredible (laughs) yeah did y'all get the sense that I, I don't know. It was it was interesting because I could tell even the first time I watched it that they were satirize. I mean, they're satirizing. David Byrne is really famous for critiquing and um, 
and commenting on what is happening in culture. Mm -hmm. So he's like, he's always done that. Um, if y'all like this, he did another one of, he did another concert documentary that was directed by Spike Lee. They came What's out last that? year. American yeah. Utopia. Yes, that's what it, it was called. It's what, really, what it really called? good. American Utopia. Is it on oh, HBO? Okay. Yes, oh, okay. HBO Max. So like yeah, Spike yeah. Lee is just kind of the same thing where he, he just understands, he understands the music, he understands David Byrne's vision and it's and I actually like wept at one of the points in American Utopia because it, it was just this really powerful combination of, of music and direction and all that. But in and stop making sense. I like the big the big business suit or the big yeah. big suit is just making fun of like corporate America and how yep. like everyone was just mindlessly going about their day and like honestly like wasting away their days. Um, so I don't know. It just it's really good. Love it. Yeah, I was I was surprised by the quality of mm -hmm. the documentary. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the date. I, I didn't look at the, what, what year it was released, and I probably should have, but it looked like it could have been something that came out like this year. Um, yeah, it was 80, 84. Yeah, I 84. figured it was sometime in the 80s. Um, but it, the, the quality of it, the way it was shot, makes it is going to be like one of those timeless uh, things you can go back and watch, and mm -hmm. it'll stand the test of time, I think. So, Have you guys heard of the show called Documentary Now? Yes. With Fred Armisen yeah, and Bill Hader? Okay. Is that any good? It. I've only watched a couple episodes. I think it's. One I of, think it's pretty dang good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that like I, Eric. I think you would appreciate it. I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone. I think that if you, because it, it's it's just satire and it's just kind of spoofing all these different documentaries, and what in season two they do one for stop making sense. Oh okay. And nice. I had I had posted on my Instagram story, uh one of the talking head songs it, it was burning down the house i uh i posted that and then one of my friends was like this is my favorite uh concert documentary and she goes if you like this then you should watch the documentary now episode and it, i i went and watched it the next day and it was it was pretty good yeah. it's really funny it, so. it is funny because they're like they're they make fun of the big suit and like uh -huh. how eccentric everything is and like at the beginning in psycho killer he's like stumbling around the stage mm -hmm. he he comes out and like you see you see the light and then you see like the the credits in the title come up and then david byrne walks out and you see his shoes and then he goes hey i have a i got a tape i want to play but in the documentary now episode fred armison's like hey i've got a little toy and he like sets it down it's like a little <laughs> it's robot a, it's a robot <laughs> it's the exact same type of shot but then um one of the songs they do is like it's just like weird like staccato like da, 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 meet me at the designated yeah. spot and it's like they it's clear they threw it together um but it's it's also clear that they really love uh the talking heads <laughs> yeah Very fred nice. armison he is is just a musician through and through and he I, he I think he has a great profound respect for for different genres and music as a whole and he he's an accomplished musician and then Bill Hader had never had any sort of training in music whatsoever and so he had to like take I think I think he played bass in this and so he had to take 
lessons to be able to play it. Um, and then another SNL alum, my Rudolph shows up in like just crazy eighties hair. And it was, ama- it was amazing. I loved it. And they kind of uh, make fun of David Byrne as a person because he is like, he's just a really strange eccentric out there person. It's kind of interesting because years later, like him and him and the rest of the band don't, don't talk anymore, which is super sad. Um, it's, but he's, I think, I think it's just because he apparently he's so brilliant and thinks on like just a different level that he just has a hard time like maintaining relationships. That's what I, that's what I've heard. I, but, yeah, I read, sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're fine. That's I, I, I okay, okay. I read on Wikipedia, so keep that in mind that he, thinks he ha- he's on the spectrum on the autism spectrum and so he thinks that is one of the reasons why he's able to kind of hone in on music so so well because people on the spectrum typically depending on where they're at they can kind of hyper focus in a way that that other people can't and so um i don't know how true that is he also kind of it says it said that he like self-diagnosed himself and so you can't do that really even if you're like oh these are these are the symptoms and i i have i meet that criteria so i have or i'm on this thing or i have this thing Mm -hmm. uh so anyway but it would make sense uh often people who are on the spectrum have a hard time with relationships so that makes a little more sense if that is the case yeah but uh, but yeah, the stuff the stuff that he's made is really really good. So, um, also so mute talking about music, the music in Tiger Tail. One of the, was one of the triggers for me that that made that movie so sad. Whenever he pulls out, I'm trying to I'm trying to find what the name of the song is. The the album the vinyl. Otis Redding. Yeah. 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 Yep. Man. Man, Guys, that movie, that movie wrecked (laughs) me. I didn't, I didn't have quite the emotional response that Olivia did, but I was very, very moved by that movie. It, it really wrecked me. It was so good because it, first of all, he, he sacrifices pursuing the, the girl that he loves in order to to help to really help his mom and make sure she's not she's not working in that terrible factory and then it ends up not being what he wanted and I realize especially at the time divorce was not very common um and I don't know what divorce yeah, and, like and in, in culture. Asian culture it's like at, it's like last possible option okay I, I figured that was probably the case yeah. and so so yeah so you realize the weight of it once once you figure out he they they ended up getting divorced yeah spoilers but the scene the scene where he and his daughter are having lunch just destroyed me it was so sad and, and one of the things that you know, I was, I was really confused, but, but it ended up being a good thing because it kept me really engaged is like, you see the transformation 
from him as a young man um, to like it, we're, we're, so when he's young he's 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 joking he's charismatic and like and and then when he's older he's just kind of, he's just a shell like he can't react he can't he can't really comfort and engage with his daughter emotionally and that that that's like what made me really sad because you know if you just that's like a huge part of the immigrant experience especially for Mm -hmm. older older men um they come over here and they they don't know where they fit in society they don't know what to do because it's complete it's completely different culture there's different roles and expectations and it's like you're lost for your whole entire life Um, Mm -hmm. which is yeah it it was a sad movie but um it is it makes for a killer double viewing with that minari for the immigrant experience um I'm I'm sad that it got overlooked a lot because it literally came out like a week after Tiger King, mm. and it, it was just like the butt of all the jokes. But it is a really good movie. Um, I love Alan Yang. He's all, all the stuff he's done with Master of None and Parks and Rec and this. Mm-hmm. And he, he's such a brilliant writer. Um, is this movie based on on his? It's based on experience? his 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 dad, like semi autobiographical of his dad. I kind of I, I didn't read anything about it before I started the movie, but I noticed that that there is they do have a son, but the son's like not discussed very much. Yeah. Or you you see him in like one frame, so I was like wondering if he yeah. if that was supposed to be a surrogate for himself. Yep, yeah, and and the, I think it's portrayed really well because the you don't see the re- relationships between like older asian male figures and their daughters um mm-hmm. father figures they don't you don't see that relationship portrayed a lot in in film mm-hmm. and it, i think it, it's it's pretty accurate that that's that that relationship dynamic has always been a tough one um i think for a lot of families so see it play out in movies is pretty interesting and fun to watch yeah that's really cool yeah and, and, I, and I just love the i just love taiwanese movies um southeast asian movies specifically yeah. like mm-hmm. there's a lot of references and Easter eggs to older classic movies. Like there's a scene in the diner um, when they're eating at, I think they're having like a burger or something when they first come over to America. And it's like a direct like reference to one of war Kong wise movies in the mood for love. It's like literally like a frame for frame reference, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw some account on Twitter post that exact scene from yeah. in the mood for love. Yeah, are you in the mood for love? I recommend that. I that chunking express pretty much anything by War Kong Wai. What's your favorite um, of his movies? Probably uh that's a tough one. I really like Chunking Express and I also really like Fallen Angels. Yeah. I, they're all of them. They're they're incredible. And he did another one on on Yip Man, Bruce Lee's uh um mentor teacher called the Grandmaster, ex- produced by Martin Scorsese, which was also very good. Oh, cool. Um, nice. But it's a whole, there's a whole genre of movies and, or a whole like, yeah, genre of movies in Southeast Asian culture. If you enjoyed this, like they, they always have this intimate and like romantic feeling about them, especially Taiwanese mm-hmm. and Hong Kong movies. Um, that's why yeah. I, I love watching them. Yeah. Because, you, yeah, you definitely get this sense of like, I don't know, o- openness and in, in, in a sense that this movie is in this story that they're telling is a personal way of overcoming the you know i don't know like everything he experienced in there like i i gave up pursuing this girl who i loved because 
because of the societal expectation to care for your parents. Um, and that's just, that just really, really got me as someone who (laughs) loves my mom a lot that, and then after she's like, I don't want to go over there. I'm, I'm staying here. And that really, really hit me pretty hard. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you guys, uh, y'all enjoyed it. It's not, yeah, it's, I, I love Asian cinema. Um, that and like action movies. I, I, I would say I probably like them equally. So, um, it was either this or going to be like something like the rock or something like that. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that Tiger tell highlights just the, the range Alan Yang has because, mm-hmm. because I feel like parks and rec and even master masters of none, um, which I think, I haven't I haven't really watched that show but I've I really good I've heard it, it's not just economy com, comedy words are so hard when you're talking <laughs> uh it's not just this like funny show it's also has some more yeah there's especially actually this new season message in messages in it which is yeah when you see you see Aziz Ansari and the, uh, him in a comedy I'm like oh it's gonna be something like funny right uh, and there's not going to be really any kind of message around it, but yeah, Master None is is so good. And season three, I can't wait to watch that because I love season one and two. Yeah, and I think season three especially is hitting on uh, Lena Waithe's character yep, yep. more so, and just what it's like to to be, you know, part of the LGBTQ community and trying to go through surrogacy and that kind of thing. And so, and those are hard hard issues yeah. and so and so the fact that alan yang can you know, do parks and rec and do master of none and then do dagger tell i i think he is he already has a very successful career and is going to continue to have a successful career i hope because yeah, he's like uh he was a guitarist in mouse rat wasn't he oh he is he was yeah, yeah. he's one of the band members in mouse rat I, he's yeah. really i think you he wrote mean, you mean scarecrow boat <laughs> or flea didn't, wasn't there a joke about like fleetwood mac would be like a killer band name yeah <laughs> like, he that is a band name because <laughs> because i think april is trying on one of leslie's like pantsuits and there was a ticket yes that's there was right. like a condom an old condom yeah. and a ticket to fleetwood mac and she goes i don't want to wear leslie's fleetwood mac sex pants and andy oh, goes yeah, yeah, yeah. fleetwood yeah. mac sex pants call it for a band name or yeah. wait just fleetwood mac yeah <laughs> Incredible, man! Parks Amazing. and Rec is so. Good. I'm one of the people I love Parks and Rec more than The Office. I, I think The Office is good, but I, I, I'm Team Parks and Rec for sure. I think if you if you consider Parks and Rec as like they they had the advantage of watching The Office and being right. okay, it's going to be in this format. It's going to be fast paced. We're going to have a killer cast. And the thing is, I, I think the main advantage that Parks and Rec has over The Office is that it's there. There's so much less dead air. Do you know right. what I mean? Like in the yeah. office, like that's just, part of their, that's part of their shtick. So, and I don't know if you guys feel this way. I think that the characters of Parks and Rec, although they're very like dynamic and, and different from each other, I think they're just better people in, in, in the office. Yep. I and mean, you have Michael Scott and you just, yeah. wanna, I, I just want to punch him half A lot the of time. heads in the office. Yeah. And then I, I think that the characters of, of Parks and Rec are much more, lovable even even like ron ron swanson is is much more lovable than than some of the characters in the office who's y'all's favorite parks and rec character it's a tie between 
Andy and Ben. Oh, Ben, nice. Because yeah. Ben, ben is, yeah, oh my gosh, Adam Scott I love, is so I love Adam Scott. He's he's yeah, the he's straight man. So good. He's the yeah. perfect straight man, and he's just like literally everyone is crazy, and I'm the only this, normal person. Bringing is. on Rob Lowe and Adam Scott, like yep. in season two or three. Wow, that was that was a power move because it was the show really changed from there. Uh, yeah, you like Olivia? Oh, yeah. go ahead. I think. Oh, I think I I like April the most because she says things that I would never say, but I think I would want to say. <laughs> she just, yeah, she she is hilarious. Um, I think she makes me laugh the most. Yeah, she's, I, so. I was hooked she's on terrible. Parks and Rec when I saw the episode with. It's like one of the first episodes when they're playing. They come in when they're supposed to be delivering the flyers, and they're playing mm-hmm. rock band. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and Chris Pratt's both legs are both broken. I just lost it. And he's just like screaming at the TV. And I was like, who yes. is this guy? And then, I, and then he wasn't a major character until the next season when they realized how good he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I was sold. I was like, yep, yep. Yeah. He was a not supposed to be, he was just supposed to be a reoccurring character, I think for season one only. And right. then they were like, Chris Pratt is hilarious. Yep. And so they decided to make him a main character. What was that one guy's name? He was on there for like the first two seasons. He was like, his name is Mark. He was like Mark, the love interest before. Yeah. Yeah. That he's dude was Mark Schneider is his name. Yep. Yeah. He's a is the actor's name. Yeah. He's he a good actor, mean, though. Um, he just didn't fit in with the rest right, of the, right. the community. I think right. that they, I think that they were like, he's the straight guy. Right. But mm-hmm. he just didn't, he didn't have that. Adam chemistry. Scott has that like that edge where where he it's very clear that he's annoyed whereas uh Mark Schneider's more like oh my gosh again like he's a lot more he's just passive. pissed off yeah yeah, yeah. fast so, aggressive I love Chris Trager yeah. Chris Trager's probably my favorite character just because he's so energetic and his he's just so insane with and over the top with everything uh, just like you Eric like yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, y'all are very similar. <laughs> what was that one episode? He's in the hospital. He like the he flu caught, caught the flu. <laughs> that one's good. Yeah, and he's like just talking himself in the mirror like taxi driver. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Stop pooping. Stop pooping. <laughs> Brilliant show. Brilliant. Um, let's Maybe. talk about Bring It On. Let's do it. Yeah. What? Uh... <clears throat> Eric, you said that it was fun. Yeah, fun. That, yeah, it was. I didn't. I didn't. I really had no idea what I was expecting. I was like, "Cheerleading movie. This is gonna be an interesting watch." Um, <laughs> and Kirsten Dunst, though she is, I love Kirsten Dunst. I don't. I think the really the only movies I've ever seen her in are the Spider-Man movies. Um, mm-hmm. And she was in Fargo season two. Uh, she was in the. Um... She plays. Who does she? She plays. Uh, what's his name's character? Knock off Matt Damon's wife. Um, <laughs> Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, she, she plays his wife. Um, in Fargo season two, and she's like incredible in that. Um, you know so, what? It, it was fun to watch her again in in a movie where she plays like. I guess this was like her up and coming movie before. Spider-Man. Yeah, she was also in Midnight Special. Can't forget that. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Okay. Yeah. Her, yeah, she so entered this... the Nichols verse. Yeah, I'll, I'll never say that again. Verse. Sorry. <laughs> This, I think, was her... I'm looking through her IMDb. Oh, yeah, she's in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I forgot about that. 
She's really good in that movie. Yeah. So this was also my dad is mowing right now, so I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I apologize for that. It's a layover episode. This was probably her first big role. She was in. Oh, she was in Jumanji and Little Women. Oh yeah, I lied. This is not her first big role. So was Jumanji Jumanji. one of her first? Like the OG one? Yeah, the one that came out in '95 with robin williams yeah she was in that <clears throat> excuse me i don't know why I, but Zat- zathura it freaked me the hell out as a kid because <laughs> it's scary good? yeah i don't remember why i did not watch the second time because i was like scared for my life for some reason Dude, that came out when movie. we were like in sixth or seventh grade right yeah it was a freaking yeah movie. yeah yeah she was also in one of the Little Women movies, the one that came out in the mid-90s with Susan Sarandon, Win- uh, Winona Ryder, Claire Danes, and Christian Bale. Baby Christian Bale. Is she the youngest sister? She... Yes, she was... A- well, she was Amy. Young Amy, yep. Yeah, she was young Amy. So, she, yeah, she's... I mean, she's been acting, for, obviously, for a very long time. Marie awesome. Antoinette. I think is one yes. of her big roles too. Yeah, um, Kirsten does. She's awesome. The Suicide Diaries, or no, she, she, the Virgin Suicides. That's what it was. The y'all should y'all should um, Google the story about he, how. Oklahoma. Wait, what'd you say, Eric? Someone's someone's mic popping. Never mind. Um, but uh, what what were you saying? Um, y'all should Google how she and Jesse Plemons met because apparently they they just have like a really sweet like kind of kind of meet cute like they met on set or met somewhere and then they just hit it off and the way she talks about him is really sweet um, i don't have it pulled up otherwise i'd read it that's really cool. cute but the the thing i realized when i was looking at her uh filmography is that she's a natural blonde and she dyed her hair red for spider-man and emma stone is a natural redhead and she dyed her hair blonde for spider-man with andrew garfield did y'all think? Have y'all thought about that? Before? Oh, that's right. She played Gwen Stacy. They no, they should have just like that. cast them revert. Like I was like so annoyed whenever I realized that. I was like, jeez, just cast. <laughs> yeah, like, Kirsten Dunst in Spy Man. That was like the crush of many teenage boys. Oh was. yeah. She yeah. was she was like the first like real like. Yep, the upside part. down kissing scene. I'm like, <laughs> man, in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Was, no, yeah. I was like very young when I watched that, and my mom tried to cover my eyes, but I was like, it's too late, mom. I saw it. I like girls. What I liked about bringing it on, though. What I liked about bringing it on, though. I'm glad you. When did you realize that? Like, when did Spider Man come out? Like 2001? Uh, Something like that. Yes. Two. 2002. Okay. So it was two years after Bring It On was released. Okay. Nice. (laughs) That's funny. But uh, what I liked about Bring It On was the, the, the dialogue is like. You don't get the that kind of dialogue anymore. And some of the jokes, like, and some of the scenes are like, you can't. It's like, it, like you can't put that in a PG thirteen movie these days. Um, like the yeah. opening scene where she's like dreaming, and then like, yes, her <laughs> yeah. top just falls completely off. I was like, what the heck? I, I just like, I didn't know I was this was rated R. I was like, but, what uh, is this movie? Some of the lines are. I mean, they're throwing some some derogatory words around and i was like wow that's that's pretty funny yes yeah it's definitely a sign of the times uh when it came out i think i think for the most part it has aged well Mm -hmm. uh there are some gay slurs that are thrown around a little bit that probably wouldn't be yeah fag is said like 
a thousand yeah, times. That, yeah. was, that was I one was thing like, I was like, but everyone's uh, just kind of like at the same time, very much embracing their sexuality. Which right. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, that was said so much. At oh that yeah. Point. Like when we were in high school, I was, that was, it the, was like, that was the yeah. insult um, for sure. I, I mean, I know guys that still say it. I'm like, dude, there's better insults you can use these days. Yeah, unless right. you're talking about taking a fag on a c- cigarette or whatever, you know, that. That. <laughs> I intentionally um, didn't say that. What about the to get the joke to land? But... She, so she was a senior, right? Christian right. Okay, and she was dating a. If she was seeing a, a freshman, right, who okay. clearly sucked, he was the worst. Yeah, what a goober! Uh, that was probably the nicest thing you could have called him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I love whenever she found out that uh, he was cheating on her, and the other girl leaves the room and goes, "You're a cheerleader." <laughs> <That> was, yes, <laughs> it was little. There's a lot like of good one-liners in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like little moments like that were my favorite in the movie. Yeah, it it truly, I, I think it is one of the first movies that I have I recall seeing that just had amazing one-liners the entire time, and I think it really probably shaped my my sense of humor as well, and. It's just, it's amazing. I love it so much. But also, the whole cast is really good. I mean, it's got Gabrielle Union in it, who I had no also, in it. Yeah, yeah, also has been working for a really long time in uh, in Hollywood. She was in 10 Things I Hate About You. She had a, a guest role on Friends. She's just been killing it since the 90s. And she's so good in this movie, too. Her, her performance should not be understated by any means. Uh, she's... I, if anything, I was surprised that Gabrielle Union and Kristen... I say Kristen, I have no idea if I'm right or if... It's whatever, Kirsten. I don't I don't really... Kirsten. It's Kirsten. Yeah. Kirsten Dernst. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that they were the only two that I didn't recognize because I'm, this movie's iconic like i knew about, i've known about this movie for forever but i just hadn't watched it until this week eliza dushku is in it yeah eliza dushku is in it who's so good she was in the buffy the vampire tv series all house yeah. bunch of joss weed yeah. Oh, yeah 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 there's yeah the whole joss weed uh she was part of that whole yeah olivia yeah. you made me want to watch some <laughs> things i hate about you now is that the Heath I, Ledger one? Yes. Well, have you either one of you seen it? Yes, it's so good. I, I watched it's it. So I, good. I watched it on a plane and was like dying laughing. Yes. And I didn't care that I was getting. It's like a whole people. decade of like those rom com movies I did not watch. Um, yeah. Nor do I really have a desire Same. to. I think well, I did watch one. It was Couples Retreat with Vince Vaughn. Oh yeah. With a uh, Malina Ackerman. Ackerman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Kristen Bell's in it. Jason Bateman. It's got a pretty good cast. There was another one. I, I don't know why I watched some of the most random ones. There was another one with Josh Duhamel. When in Rome. Oh, yeah. That, that was isn't right. that um, who's the Who's the Kristen female Bell. lead? Kristen Bell. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Nice, nice, nice. The Bellverse. The Belt into the Belvers. <laughs> and this Belvers. was uh, directed by Peyton Reed. So this Peyton was Reed. I know. When they hired him to do Ant Man. People were like, oh, he was. I think it was me or a joke was, oh, we got the dude from Bring It On. 
but yeah. it turned out not to be a joke because he did bring it on, which is you, a legitimate good movie. I, I, I was pretty impressed because there were scenes in this movie, like there, there's that big one shot when they're all sitting at the table mm-hmm. that lasts for 30 seconds or a minute where I was very impressed that they, I mean, that the whole cast pulled it off well, but then also, and delivered their lines, but then also the camera work is pretty, was was good in that mm-hmm. scene. I thought it was, I, I thought this movie tech, from a technical perspective was like edited very well. And That's you can tell he saying. like, because it's like, this is an action movie because they're doing all that, all the stunts and like right. yeah, the whole you know. last 30 minutes of the comp- yep. cheer competition. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome. Yep. Um, so. Yeah. But yeah, he went on to do Ant- and he did Ant-Man and the Wasp too, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. He and did he's both. Doing and he's doing, he's doing the third three, one. Three yeah. as well. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And I was surp- I was surprised that he did not have a writing credit on this, but you I think that I think that that has shown up because I'm pretty sure that he let me look real quick. So when he did Yes Man, I think he was a writer. Is okay, no, he wasn't Gary? a writer, but he yes. was a writer on um, Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. So he's like finally gotten there. So Marvel, they're Mar- Marvel movies. There's like. 10 people that get Ryan credits for the movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ant-Man, I actually, I, I think Ant-Man was one of the movies where I was like, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's, I still would have preferred Edgar Wright to do, yeah, of course. to do it, but that was yeah. one of the worst, that one and that one, the, his falling out with Marvel was, was brutal. And wasn't there Phil Lord and Chris Miller, didn't they have a fallout with Marvel as well? They had a falling out with um, Lucasfilm about yes. Solo because they were directing Solo. So okay, so with Disney, th- yeah, they came in. Kathleen Kennedy came in and was like, "This is this is not can good." You name <laughs> who di- can you name who directed Solo? Ron Howard did. Gareth. He had- oh, he did Rogue One. Gareth did. Um, That's right. Yeah, they Rogue got Ron Howard to. Yeah, that Solo. That's an interesting movie. Yep. I don't have a problem with Solo. I uh, like Donald Glover. That was the perfect. Guy. He was my favorite part. But then also, like, I, I don't have a problem with Alden Ehrenreich either. Um, I just I feel bad for him. He I feel he like not, he was so like he hasn't done a, a movie win, since. Not Solo, in a win-win situation sure. because Star Wars fans they're up there as some of the most yeah. toxic. Fans. They're so annoying. They're yeah, the worst. It's bad. Yeah. Well, because like I think about how they basically cyberbullied kelly marie tran into deleting all of her yeah. social media because they would not leave her alone mm-hmm. and out of they got like, it under john boyega's skin too who yeah like one and, of the best parts of the new trilogy mm-hmm. yeah that's that was my thing is like john boyega was was great i i wish they would have done and we've talked about this before i think on mike i i wish they would have done more with the character of finn and then i can't remember what kelly marine tran marie tran's character's name is rose but rose, rose that's what it was yeah rose was not i didn't have any issue with her character in yeah star it, wars universe it's fine like, to have issues but like don't like drag it over in real life like it's not that serious it's not it? that serious she was an actor she didn't she did what she was supposed to be doing i i don't know why people are the way that they are but she's a, she's a good star actor. Wars fan base. Yeah. yeah, they they pretty much like ruined solo for me. They're like, oh, this guy's gonna be terrible as Terrence Ford or uh, Han Solo. You can't. And I went into it with that whole expectation. I was like, I mean, it's not that bad of a movie. Donald Glover kills it, and 
there's cool some cool action sequences uh, yeah also peyton reed directed two episodes of the mandalorian yes really? the one with yeah. the fighters was one of my favorites from season two yes and he did yeah. one from season one i don't remember which do you remember which one he directed it was chapter 10 the passenger i don't it says the, the mandalorian episode? must oh it's I the have... one where the baby yoda eats the fish the baby fish i'm pretty sure okay oh so he direct- uh, yeah it is that episode yeah which again caused episodes. the star wars fan base to say Baby Yoda's committing genocide because he's eating the last uh, yeah. of the I was like, y'all need to, y'all need to get a life. Y'all need to yeah. go outside and eat some, <laughs> eat some green vegetables. They're crazy. <laughs> they were. I feel like they were the reason why we're not even getting a Star Wars movie. That they're the reason why we're not getting a sequel to Solo, right? Like, because Solo did not do good at the box office because no, no one went to see it, so we're not getting the sequel. But I, I. Yeah, Isn't I don't know. We Donald could, Glover getting. We should just show? do an episode about Star Wars. We should. We should probably just. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, That'll I'm sorry. I haven't episodes. even watched Mandalorian season two. I do want to watch Bad Batch though because I love. I want to watch Wars. I love. See, yeah. I, I kind of draw the line at the cartoons because I'm just. I, I grew up. I when I, I didn't grow up watching the Clone Wars, but I got it on DVD and watched it at one point from the library, and I didn't. It didn't resonate with me, so. Like I don't know, we've discussed before animated, animated series, movies, whatever. Is it has to be very specific for me to watch it. And if I the Bad Batch and the other bits of the Clone Wars is just too much of a time commitment. So I'm like, I'm not going yeah. down that road. Yeah. I'm just gonna watch whatever is live action. I totally get that for sure. Um, yeah, it is a commitment. I think. I think it's it's like definitely. I think the quality goes up and down quite a bit on those long-running animated shows um, mm-hmm. so the payoffs a lot of times isn't even worth it but i think bad batch is, is good from what i'm hearing and the storyline the the whole just the plot is is something that would be interesting to see because yes yeah for sure um, i've heard it's actually like pretty incredible from a oh, storytelling wow. perspective so nice yeah i have not i think i, I said this before it. i haven't watched any marvel star wars stuff in years i don't think um I, I think Black Widow will be good. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. I'm real worried it's gonna be a disappointment like Wonder Woman. Surely it won't be that bad. Wonder Woman, there is nothing that will touch Wonder <laughs> Woman in terms of disappointment. That uh, is I was thinking we were about just our Wonder about Woman episode the other, the other day. I was cracking. <laughs> we I did was, just talk about this. <laughs> I was I was actually talking to one of my buddies. We were out and uh he's we were talking about movies and he's like, he still hadn't seen Wonder Woman. I was like, dude, you just I mean, you should have watched it when it came out just for the memes alone. Then we talked about how the whole thing that she raped, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Golly. <laughs> yeah. That was, <laughs> there was that whole de- debate that, like, was it even consensual because she, the dude wasn't even a conscious. No, like, right. It's a, the fact that that even went there in a superhero movie was pretty funny. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it was enjoyable just because the conversations that came out after it. Yep. Yeah. yep. <laughs> between yeah. the three of us. <laughs> between the three of us. Yeah, for sure. It just, yeah. Anyway, that anyway is sure. we're way off track. Way off yeah. track. But it started with Peyton Reed. It did start um, with Peyton Reed. So, Wanda, he's the doing the, the next Ant Man. So, mm-hmm. that's going to be the next trilogy of Marvel movies, right? That would uh, be like, yeah. Yeah. That, now, is that, that coming be out before fun... Guardians Volume 3? Yes, I think it's slated. Ugh, I, don't, I don't even I don't know, know off the top of my head when it's coming out. I don't, I don't think it's coming it's out coming in twenty three. I think it's might be twenty four. Or no, no, I, no, think, I think it's twenty three. 
I think Spider-Man is the next trilogy set that's going to be complete. Okay. What's y'all's favorite trilogy so far in Marvel? Uh, gotta be Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. I think if Thor Dark World didn't just completely shark the bed. Thor would have been up because I like <laughs> Thor one because Thor one is a good movie. I thought I I like I like Thor one. It makes yeah. some interesting choices. The uh, I just really don't like the wig that they made him wear. It looks like yeah, that's, much that's, worse. That looks it, it looks much worse in Thor one as opposed yeah. to Thor two. It, it has before they were finally like, you know what, you should Thor just just grow your hair natural. Out. Yeah, yeah. I just. Yeah, the the wig is an interesting choice. I just yeah, Dark World was was not good, and then Iron Man. I, I loved Iron uh, the first yeah. Iron Man, and this the next two were were fine. Pretty, I yeah. think Captain America as a whole, the movies are the best. I love Iron. Well, I don't. I'm not gonna say I love Iron Man two. I enjoyed Iron Man two purely for Mickey Rourke being in a marvel movie yeah and he, he was, uh, sam rockwell good. is awesome yeah. i would sam love rockwell. there's yeah. speculation that sam rockwell is gonna come back and reprise that role for armor wars where which don Cheadle is gonna oh, yeah. star in as in a series which i think would be pretty i'm like i love, to- sam, I love rockwell. sam rockwell i agree with you eric yeah. um i'm He's totally great. down for that well yeah, guys then. go ahead Never. eric i was gonna say uh what the hell is his name? Who plays the knockoff Mandarin in Iron Man three? Uh oh oh oh, Ben Kingsley. Uh, ben Kingsley. Yes. Yeah. Th- I mean, what- <laughs> interesting cast. That that movie was so good up until I had no problem with that. Yeah, I had no problem with that twist though, because I mean, after that, it takes a left turn into, or it takes a turn into familiar territory. But like I'm like, at least they tried to do a twist, you know. I like I had no problem with that. It was it was trying to be different for sure, and mm-hmm. trying to break that generic Marvel formula. And and it does work, but Captain America succeeds as the best trilogy because you get unique, unique chapters in Steve's life, but then also or Steve's story, but then in three, it's not really. It's mostly about Tony. That's my yeah. problem with three. It's like it's not really a Captain America movie. It's, it's an Avengers. It's, it's mostly Avengers. It's an Avengers. Yeah, but it's yeah, mostly in an yeah. Iron Man movie because the whole the whole shock of Bucky killing the Starks mm-hmm. is How you Stark? can't you can't not center that on Tony's reaction. Yeah, and he's in sure. like the movie as much as um, probably Steve. more to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so I was going to say something about. Um, I was gonna say something about Iron Man three. Oh yeah, Shane Black. Um, mm-hmm. Is he coming back to the Marvel Universe? Because I love Shane Black. I don't know. Uh, I don't think there are planes right now. That's that's unfortunate. Because Nice Guys was so good. Nice Guys is really good. I, Kiss, uh, have you watched Kiss 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 Bang Bang? I haven't watched uh-uh. that yet. Oh, classic. The, uh, that's the whole reason they got him was his relationship with Robert Downey Jr. in that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I watched the. Yeah. Uh, I was scrolling through Instagram and there was the scene in the nice guys when they get off the elevator and they see the dude choking on his own blood because his throat got cut <laughs> and they look to the right and they see a dude get shot like four times in the hallway and then they just get back in the elevator and go down it's so <laughs> good it is so good I it's might, not a perfect movie but 
just it's, the two of them. Fun, the two of yeah. them are electric in yeah. every scene they're in. Together. Oh, well, so Russell Crowe. I said this before. When actors do roles that are not roles that they're typecasted for, like Russell mm-hmm. Crowe playing like this stupid ass cop, and Ryan Gosling playing stupid ass cop together with Russell Crowe, that is so awesome to me. Yeah. And I might do a shame. And, and Ryan Gosling was apparently like drinking the whole time they were filming that movie. That's, That's so awesome. That makes because more because sense. they they in an interview they were like, "How did you?" like what's your method of acting as opposed to ryan's and he goes ryan drinks <laughs> <laughs> or he's like or at least he did on this movie <laughs> russell crow he had to put on like 50 pounds for that role in oh, he's so good. he's the he's big so dude good. in that movie yeah uh, uh that the i saw a scene from that movie the other day where he's at like his daughter's friend's birthday party or whatever and he says jesus christ and the the girl's like oh, yeah. use the lord's name in vain and he goes i did not use it in vain i found it very useful in the moment and janet. I, <laughs> like he says he janet, says the janet. girl's name is yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard because i forgot how funny that scene was that movie is really good yeah. it is good it was I'm, my, I'm, it, like just alone the bathroom stall scene yes. when he drops the magazine and then the door closed and then he like has the gun oh my gosh like gets me every single time it's so funny oh my gosh yeah yeah it's i think he did that right after i think that was his first movie after iron man 3 um mm-hmm. but he's I, I think i'm gonna watch the predator this weekend which was he did that as well okay i've been with, i've been uh, with keegan and right keegan michael key and yeah there's oh the new one yeah the new one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i've been hesitant to watch Mon. it because yeah olivia munn is in it the guy from logan is in it the the dude with the robotic hand um I've been hesitant to watch it just because Predators is like, or Predator is like one of my favorite movies ever. And I heard this one is not good, mm-hmm. but I'll watch it just. Well, I Eric, can't you can't watch, it. you don't watch bad movies. So, <laughs> yeah. You, you and it, it has an hour and 30 minute runtime. So, yeah. okay. All right. And it came, I bought the Predator remastered on 4K box and it, and it was in it. So I was like, oh, okay. well, I might as well just suffer through it and watch it. Maybe it, it may be good because I do, I do like Shane Black. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we're yeah, we're coming up on time. Um, any final words for the nah, this was, for the this, di- was, the, this was fi- our five fans got to watch a couple movies that I probably would not never have watched in my lifetime. Same. Um, but it was fun because Bring It On. I think I I really enjoyed Bring It On for whatever reason, just because I. I, that was a whole era of movies I missed out on. It was like that whole 2000s. Same. That was same. my jam. Yeah. That was like my era of movies. Ow, I just hit my elbow so hard on my desk. Yeah, I just heard that. <laughs> I'm okay. fine. Yeah, I'm fine. This episode's I'm... been a banger. Did it... Nice. Nice. Then I love I love watching like concert documentaries. Was that what... Yeah. yeah and and like and stop making sense is regarded as one of the greatest mm-hmm. concert documentaries concert movies ever there's one that i have on my watch list the the bob dylan one that scorsese did yeah. and rolling thunder yeah yeah and yeah. then there's another one that i think he also did on rolling stones um uh, shine a light oh yeah this one i've been trying to watch as well but i might mm-hmm. get around to those someday but this one was fun. Those were both, yeah. both movies. These were yep. these were good picks, guys. Yep. Really good picks. Yep. I got so, next to... time, just uh, next time, full heads up. I think I'll be picking either a Michael Bay movie or uh something 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 80s action related. Maybe Connor classic good. Simon West movie. Nice. Uh, full heads up, I might uh make y'all watch God's Not Dead too. <laughs> I 
at full heads up. That's not dead. I saw what's his name on Twitter recently. He's big time. Uh, I'm not gonna say he's 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 character uh, Hercules. Oh yeah, yeah, not dead on Twitter. Uh, Ken Kevin Sorbo. Yes, Ken Sorbo. Ken. Is it Ken? Is it Ken? I don't know. I saw Sorbo. him on Twitter. I was like, Sorbo. Sorbet. This dude is a nutcase. <laughs> yeah. I have to look him up. Oh, goodness. I'll pick Twitter. another another high school movie from the 2000s. Yes. Just for you guys. Do it. All right. Real quick before we end the episode, we had one contestant enter the Minari drawing. So he is going to win by default. All right. Was it Mr. Tim Barnett? Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend of the pod, guest of the pod, guest yeah. of the pod, friend and guest of the pod. Guess who's um, getting a digital code? So we will be sending a digital code to our friend Tim. Hope he, I don't know if he's seen Minari. If he hasn't, I hope he enjoys it. If he has already seen, it, I hope he enjoys it again. So I think he's seen it, but I'm not. I'm not positive. He right. also has a new short film coming out pretty soon. All right. So well, we is that the one pod. that was that was entered into that film fest in like San Diego? No. So it's a it's a new one. Ooh, a new but it's one. It's in the same universe. Oh. Yeah. Whoa, that's exciting. Let's go. Yeah. Let's no, he's go. creating a universe. Love let's that. go. Love it. I'm there for it. That's awesome. Nice. Well, we'll be reaching out to him with the, the digital code. And Congrats, Tim. Yeah. Only one day late instead of six months. It so. happens. Makes sense. Only I one think day. I actually I do have another giveaway I'd like to announce. Okay. In honor right. of, and we'll be, of course, announcing this on Instagram as well for the people who are not listening. In honor of Quiet Place Part 2 coming out and one of my favorite actresses, Emily Blunt, I have a copy of Sicario to give away. Nice. On Blu-ray. On Blu-ray. If you haven't seen Sicario, please enter this contest because it is a powerful movie. It is awesome. I said movie? Like a question, but powerful movie. Movie? I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) Be on the lookout for that. All right. All right. Please. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share this episode with anyone you know who likes Stop Making Sense, Bring It On, and Tiger Tail. Slash Tiger King. Slash Tiger (laughs) King. Or one of those movies individually. And please remember to rate us on Apple if you listen to Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. And next week on June 5th, you will have the privilege to listen to our episode on God's Not Dead. For flyover That's essential June fifth. Yep. Okay. Flyover essential viewing. It is a riot, and we think that you guys are gonna get some laughs out of it. So. Yeah. Nice. Eric, Olivia, thank you guys. We'll talk thank to you, you later. Bye. Deuces. Bye. <laughs>